Hello and welcome to the Ordinary Church Podcast. This is a podcast about the church and for the church. I'm Connor. I'm here with Mike as usual, and we're also joined by Andrew McNeil today, so we're excited to have him on the podcast. The topic for the podcast is, what is the difference between gossip on the one hand and processing on the other? Processing, sharing, working through ideas. How do you distinguish between a conversation that might be gossip and dishonoring the Lord on the one hand, and then something that's sharing, processing on the other? So, um, Mike, let me pass it to you first. Just get us started with some initial ideas, um, thoughts about gossip. I, I, uh, maybe I'll give some context just to say, I think periodically you especially, but uh, all of us have been asked questions by people in the church. Hey, such and such a thing is going on. How do I know if, if I'm gossiping when I'm talking about that? And is there an appropriate place to to try to share and process with, with close friends? So mm-hmm. why don't you just get us started with some kind of like general initial ideas and then we'll see where we go. Okay. So, you know, James says, you know, be careful with what you say, right? And, and the idea of if you lack wisdom, ask God, uh, he'll give it to you. And then he basically goes in chapter three of James and basically says, now, if you're wise and understanding, like if you have the wisdom that God has given, uh, your good conduct will show uh, the works and the meekness of wisdom. But then he says, if you have bitter jealousy, selfish ambition in your hearts, don't boast and, and be false to the truth. Because that wisdom basically isn't, okay? He says, that wisdom is not from above. It's not from God. It's earthly, unspiritual, demonic. He says, where jealousy and selfish ambition exists, there will be disorder and every vile practice. Then he says in verse 17, but the wisdom from above, from God, the one that you ask God for and he gives generously, is pure, peaceable, gentle, open to reason, which means reasonable or willing to yield, their opinion, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. And what that leads to is a harvest of righteousness. It's sown in peace by those who make peace. And it's interesting. He goes right into chapter four. It says, what causes quarrels and and fights among you? So, and it's passions that wage war in your members. So there's this internal battle you you got going on, but then you don't let God filter your words. You know, we have this, this whole house filtered our house. Literally, it filters every drop of water whether you're drinking it or, or washing off with it. And it's got all the toxins taken out and everything. It's got even this ultraviolet thing that does this thing that even zaps even more toxins out. So you can be pretty confident. If you come to my house and take some water out of the uh, tap water, you're getting some good water, okay? But your words, you want your words to be filtered by God. You want your words to be pure and peaceable and full of mercy and good fruits and, and willing to, you know, you know, when you see someone who has, won't let it go and they're upset about something, they will not let it go. Well, um, that there's, James is talking about that kind of thing, right? And so you end up saying some things you shouldn't say and you get into gossip and slander and and a hyper simplistic, I might not even be hundred percent accurate here, but gossip is where you're sharing information that is true, but it hurts someone else. And then slander is where you're sharing something that's not true about someone that hurts someone else. And it hurts their reputation. Or you have, There's a motive that's like to inflict some kind of pain. Or maybe you're not even thinking and you're, you're giving it to a group and you're airing something out. But the Bible really is clear about seeking wise counsel. Okay? The whole idea of sharing or processing, I think, is covered in the whole gamut of being watching, watching your words and all of that. And I think... Um, I have some more to say, but I'll throw it back to you guys. Um, that's kind of what I would say to open it up and say, um, what does it mean when you're just processing with someone or sharing 
something that you really want to get an answer on or you're confused about or you're you know wondering how to work this out versus when you cross the line into gossip or slander and all of that right maybe you can wait in on this Andrew what would you say what what are the distinguishing marks between something that's gossip on the one hand and something on the other that is actually wise processing yeah um, I think this is a hard one but I think the maybe it, to start with kind of a broad principle the idea I think with all sins of speech in the Bible is that those who are indwelt by the Holy Spirit are given self-control and so their words are are careful and their words are done in the motive of love so those are the bookends of the fruit of the spirit love and self-control um and so when you talk about gossip or slander these things um i think the questions that we need to ask are things like um do do i have love for everyone involved that i'm that i'm processing this about and that will mean that like mike was saying i'm not going to share this in a way that is hurtful to someone even if it's true information um so there's love, but then the self-control to say, you know, is this the right person to process it with? Is this the right time to process it? Is Because processing can be immensely beneficial and helpful, and we sharpen one another, and we, we push one another to think rightly about things. So, like, I think there's an important aspect to that, that believers counsel one another in these ways and process through things in their life. Sometimes that does involve other people, um, but I just think we want to be it's hard to even say this because I just think about my own life and how what a failure I'm in this, but like that that we we have love and self-control govern how we process through those things. And I think if you start there, that gives you at least a foundation to be um, in in the right place. I think about proverbs that says that a fool's words are like sword thrusts. Um, and so I think just the idea that that we want to, realize the danger of speech that the way it can divide the way it can harm the way all these things um so i don't know i i'm rambling at this point but um i think that can set a foundation and then discerning exactly when something is gossip or when it's not um that comes down to a motive thing and that's that's hard to weigh yeah mike what do you how would you how would you encourage somebody who's in this situation they're saying you know i think I think that somebody in the body, maybe even somebody outside, has sinned against me, but I'm not, I'm not sure how to understand what's happened to me. That's just one example. Or, or maybe I've seen sin in someone else's life, but I'm just not sure. I'm not sure how to process it. Should I confront them in the sin? Is this a hmm. situation for me to forbear? Yeah. Would you encourage that person who's, who has those questions and isn't sure to try to go to a wise believer and process that in a spirit of love and with self-control, but to try to gain a clear understanding? Yeah. Um, how, how would you encourage somebody who's in that spot of saying, I, I'm not sure about such and such situation, but I, I don't want to gossip, but I feel like I do need to talk to someone to try to get more clarity. Mm -hmm. That's a good one. That's a good question. You know, what's interesting though. I take a step back and I think, how often do I do that? Uh, rarely, rarely do I say someone said something about me or did something. I need to go get advice on how to deal with it. So I, I will say that that could be, I'm not saying it is, could be someone who with this hypersensitivity to being hurt. Okay. Yeah. Um, makes sense. Okay. But if, if that's the case that they would go to a wise counselor, not just someone who will, you know, we, it's funny. We've talked about filtering our words. We also filter our friends and our contacts. Oftentimes it's easy for all of us to go to someone we know will give us a certain flavor of answer. Okay. 
and it's really easy to it's it's like the you know um not wanting to go to the person that's going to be straight up and just correct you if you're wrong but the person that's going to go yeah and and furthermore you should you know get a, a monetary settlement for it too it's <laughs> like personal injury attorney no anyway um so i would just say that i think I, okay i'm going to take a step back and say this i personally think and this is my own personal opinion okay and my it is necessarily warped by my own sin and my own you know weird way of seeing things i think in this moment in time i would call more things gossip than some people do and what i mean by that is i think i probably have gossiped more than i than i think i have in terms of sharing or processing and i think that other people in general the kind of things i hear sometimes from people's mouths okay seem to lean that way versus a hyper carefulness. Now, with our elders, I will tell you, uh, there's a hyper carefulness in the way that we speak with one another and about the flock and about things that are going on. I think with the staff, it's the same way. I think with plenty of other settings I'm in, but then there's the unfiltered level of things that, again, they might just be processing, but how many other people have they said that to? You know, I'm in a lot of biblical counseling settings where I'm not going to go share what has been shared with me. And I assure them that this is a confidential thing. But oftentimes I will find out that people have told many people before they've gone to a wise counselor. Does that make any sense? Yeah. So I think it depends on, I like what Andrew said about, you know, um, you know, the Holy Spirit gives you self-control that, that, that your words would be careful and loving. But sometimes we cross that line into, where scripture prohibits like gossip or slander and and we need to ask you know i like it you know ask the question you know is this loving is this and even ask the question is it appropriate is it the right time to do this or the right person and all of that in the setting and it matters and i think that when jesus said the mouth speaks out of that which fills the heart when jesus said you're going to give account for every idle word Mm -hmm. i think Hmm. it's because i think it's because a lack of self-control with our words leads to other lacks of self-control in our life. Now, I don't know if I have, I'm not going to say I have chapter and verse on that, or thus says the Lord, but I found in my own life that if I'm, when I'm looser with my words, it's easier to be looser with my appetites and with my, Hmm. um, with my emotions. And and I just, and, and again, maybe there's no connection there, but it, I don't know. What do you think? No, I, well, I think no. Jesus' point is almost maybe in the other direction. Like, it, loose being loose with your words betrays that you're not a disciplined person. And so the person who's loose with their words is probably also the person who's going to be loose in terms of appetite or these different things. Um, I was thinking, of, you know, James says, if you're not able to bridle your tongue, or the person who's able to bridle their tongue is a perfect man or a whole person, you know? And you almost think like, wow, that seems pretty simplistic, but he's putting his finger on something. Like, the, the way that you use speech it actually does indicate a lot about what's going on in your heart. Andrew, anything to jump in with? Hey, let me ask a question. Um, I, I uh, want to, I, I want to float something out that I think might just maybe hit a nerve for some people. This isn't a biblical word, but venting. The not not necessarily. Um, oh, I, I need to to process, but something is overwhelming me internally. You know, something I'm seeing, something I'm you know, and it's and it does involve other people, and you get to this 
almost pressure point where you feel like I, I have to be able to get this out. And so a lot, for a lot of people, their spouse is the person that they go home and they, I, it just gushes out toward. Is that ever appropriate? Is venting always something that we would say, no, that's, that's more or less no self-control. That's in the category of gossip. Andrew, do you want to start with this one? I have three comments on this. Number one, uh, I think usually that feeling of pent up buildup that has to get out is a sign that you're not praying very much because that's the number one venting location. Um, number two, I think specifically in our culture and where we live, the word venting is usually associated with anger, probably not righteous anger. And number three, I do this all the time with my spouse and it's probably wrong. Um, I don't have a full answer of how to process all this. I, I guess I say that to say it, it's hard. It's still a struggle. There's a sense in which processing, like I said earlier, I, I just, I think it's really useful. And I think your spouse is a, your, your deepest, closest confidant. And it's like, it's step two after talking to the Lord. Um, but I just, I would, I would be wary of the line of reasoning that basically says God wants you to air out your heart uh, always, all the time, in all its rawness. Like, yeah, in prayer, that's somewhat true, um, but I would be generally um, careful about what most people mean by venting. That's good. Mike, do you have anything to add on venting? I think we're on the right track on that. I agree. Um, I think that the whole venting thing is just an interesting one. Like if someone goes, I just need to vent. I, I And oftentimes it's like we're literally blowing through biblical uh, guardrails think, and, and barricades. I think that if you preface things with that phrasing, you know, yes. not that you necessarily use the word <laughs> venting, but if it's like, I just need to get this off my chest, that's yeah. almost code for like, I'm in the clear right now, you know, <laughs> like it's very understandable. That I'm going to be mad. I'm going to just blast you with a bunch of ideas, right? Like it's almost like we give people an automatic pass. But is there never a time? I actually have talked through this with, with my wife. Like sometimes with certain people, there is a sense when you're able to say, I know that I'm having a sinful heart and sinful response to this. And, and this is where I'm at. Help me. And that maybe is different than I'm angry and I need to tell you how angry I am. I don't know. There, like, there's some place in there where I think you can process in a way that's healthy. Yeah, except if you're saying, I know I'm going to sin right now, then you got to cap it off. I'm, I'm just saying, like, I get it. Like, I've, I've corrected my kids, my grown kids before and said, okay, we need to stop this conversation right now. This is gossip or this is slanderous. They're like, but we're sharing with my our mom and dad. This is going on. I'm like, and how many other people have you shared with? Okay, I just threw my family under the bus. No, but I'm just saying, like, I think it's, this whole plays into the whole thing of, we know when, most of the time we know when we're sinning. Okay, yes, there are times when we're like, there's a sin of omission or there's a sin of totally ignorance. And we were, you know, Paul says, I, I acted ignorantly in unbelief. There, that's, there's that, but for a believer and dwelt by the Holy Spirit that doesn't have a cauterized heart, that doesn't have a calloused heart, we most of the time know when we're going to step right into it. And so it's, I think we have to just still be careful all the time. But isn't it true? And I think it's, 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 it's just the way it is. We are more unfiltered with those we are closer Close with. Well. And I think right. there's something about that that's okay. I do have two places I want to go, though. And they're, they're very close together in Proverbs 18. Okay. Okay. And I think this helps. Uh, and, and apply this here. 
Proverbs 18, 13 says, if one gives an answer before he hears, it is his folly and shame. The idea behind that is that if you you answer an issue that comes your way before you hear the whole context and the whole story out, that's folly. That's that's foolishness, okay? And that's shameful. But then it says this in verse 17, the one who states his case first seems right until the other comes and examines him. That's like, again, don't jump to conclusions right away, which oftentimes, if we are really stirred up, oftentimes we have half of a story, okay? And... It, it behooves us to wait. And I think this idea of waiting, I like, I, I'm going to go back to letting God filter your words, letting it go through the filter of scripture. Like, is it appropriate? Is it necessary? Is it harmful? Is it helpful? Um, and if, if you're struggling, if you're really struggling and you're seeking wise counsel, that's usually I've done this and I need help working through my guilt or my, my issues or someone has done, and let's just say you, you haven't been able to forbear on your own. Someone has done something or said something. What do I do? Mm-hmm. I said this to someone recently. Someone said to me, if you hear that someone says something about me, tell me so I can chase it down. I said, no, 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 no. If you hear someone say something about you, don't chase it down. And I, this is my rule of thumb. I, I've taught this to my kids. God knows, and he's the judge, and people have eyes and ears, and the truth will usually shake out. And if it doesn't, you can rest under the unexplained. If someone's going out there saying stuff about you, you don't have to go chase it down, and you don't even have to worry about it too much. If you know the truth, and you're secure in your relationship with the Lord, just and and yeah, it messes with your mind. Tell yourself the truth. Over and over again, yeah. tell yourself the truth. Yeah. And, so yeah, yeah there's yeah. a lot to this. There's no hard and fast answer to all of this. I know that. I, yeah. I'm, I'm going to jump in with two thoughts, and I would love to hear your guys' response. But the first would be something like this. I think that probably usually, not always maybe, but usually the desire to gossip is is showing pride in me um, in the sense that I have some motive for tearing down somebody else and some kind of like, I don't know, you guys can push back, but I'm gaining some kind of, moral capital or i'm trying to buy that up at at the expense of another so just a Mm. few proverbs this is from proverbs 11 verse 9 with his mouth the godless man would destroy his neighbor but by knowledge the righteous are delivered and then verse 12 whoever belittles his neighbor lacks sense but a man of understanding remains silent so in terms of gossip gossip specifically i think it's worth asking the question like why what is it in me that has this this bent towards wanting to disclose the dirt about other people and i don't know what you can call that except for pride um Am I anything that you push back against there? I think, I think that's on solid ground. But, um, anyways, I just say that to say, you know, that's one thing to to look out for in the heart. Like, is there something in me that's going to enjoy? You know, the, the, in Romans when it says, um, oh, I'm sorry, First Corinthians thirteen. You know, love doesn't rejoice with wrongdoing or with with evil. You know, it's not like I'm. Mm-hmm. It's, there's yeah. something in me in my pride that could almost lord it over somebody else and wanting to share the dirt, but. Anyways, so we want to be humble. The second thought, yeah, yeah, push oh, back. Go ahead. No, uh, I was just what, what you just triggered something in me, but I'm not upset. No, it triggered an idea that I remember. I, is the movie there was the movie The Beauty and the Beast? Is that the one where Ga, uh, Gascon goes up against the Beast and they, he brings the mob up the hill, right, to go attack the Beast or something like that? Honestly, you're, you're the gonna whole have to be on mob. On this one. I don't the know. whole mob mentality. When it becomes bigger than you just sharing with one person who's going to keep it confidential and it becomes, yeah, let's get them. 
without saying those exact words. That's where, man, we're not just on shaky ground. We're on uh, shifting sand and we're in a bad place. And so, uh, and what, when repentance doesn't happen off of that or when confession of sin doesn't happen off of that, that's where it just want, it's like the Rocky and Bullwinkle uh, snowball going down the hill and getting worse and worse. Yeah. 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 That's, that's, a, that's helpful. Um, Andrew, what do you, you, you're about to say something about that? No, honestly, Connor had mentioned something and I, I lost my train of thought. I'll come back <laughs> in if it comes back. Okay. We can cut this part out. I, uh, no, no, this is good that people need this rawness, uh, this venting. No, I'm just kidding. Um, the second thing I was going to say, and Mike, you've actually, you, you say often, basically, if someone finds himself in the position where they're always the one that people are coming to, there's a reason, right? It's, it's like people well, are picking you because they know there's a chink in the armor with you. You're going to listen. And that's kind of the point you just made a few minutes ago. Yeah. Let yeah. me say something about that. And I don't mean that if you're always the one that people come for wise counsel. Okay. So there are people that are sought out for wise counsel because they give wise counsel. But there, I've known some people in the past where they bring juicy tidbits to me all the time. And it's like, I can think of two people right now uh, that used to come and say stuff. And I'm like, I, it would mess with my mind. Cause I'd be like, are they telling me this to like, to like bait me into something because they heard something bad about me or someone else. And they would always say, but they couldn't say and da, 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 da. And it was just weird. And, um, I've, I've known two people like that, you know, in the last probably 20 years of my life where I'm like, they always, I, I had to guard myself around them for a long time. One person I'm not in, associated with anymore. The other person has, has grown a lot and, and matured hmm. and they don't do that anymore. But it's like, it just makes you wonder, like, why did they come and say, why did they feel the need to say that? And I remember saying, don't tell me things that I can't do anything about or that it, does, it won't be helpful. Like, what, what? So what's the redeeming value of that? That's where we get into the word that's going to come out. You know, like, I don't tell Tanner every time I hear something bad about him. No, <laughs> that was a joke. <laughs> but I don't, but I don't. You know, I never, I, I don't think I've ever heard anything bad about Tanner. We need to probably dredge some stuff up. Maybe, maybe <laughs> later, Connor. You, Connor, and you can tell me I'm what, not, you, what you I'm know. I'm not a sleuth like that. I'm not going for no, that. We don't want to break the exact same things we're talking about, I, right? Yeah. I, the where I was heading, and I, I agree with what you. I appreciate what you just said, Mike. Where I was heading was to say it seems like a pattern. I, I think that if I thought about it, I could find chapter and verse for this. But just a pattern that I've observed is it seems like a lot of times the person who ends up in the middle of the most drama is the person who who would say that they're actually doing everything they can to dispel the drama. Um, do you, I, I, that could just be my observation in limited, in limited perspective, but I feel like a lot of times gossip, our excuse to actually enter into gossip can be this sense of, I'm trying to calm things down. I need to chase every, you know, thread to try to kind of yeah. bring this gossip to an end. And actually all you're doing in that is perpetuating what's, what's happening in terms of the, the oversharing and that kind of thing. Um, guys, anything else that you'd want to wait in? I think we're coming close to the end, but any final encouragements to people in terms of an encouragement to yeah, to not gossip or a right way to think about processing? Just want to say two things. One, we did a, a podcast on gossip back on March 28th, 2019. I don't know what episode number that was, but we did one on gossip. So that's a good one. We also did the men of the word. We, remember when we were preaching uh, last yes. year on gluttony, greed, and gossip and the idea that everyone's talking about gossip, you know, a little double entendre there, but 
that there can be all sorts of rumors that are positive, negative, or neutral, and things that are untrue and what have you. And one of the things I brought out when I, I, I taught on it, and it was 33% of men um, engage in um, mobile gossip every day. That means like they're texting or they're online doing this. And 20 26% of women, and it's that was from UC Riverside, they, put, they did this thing, that men engage in negative gossip as often as women do. Because I think oftentimes it's like, oh, there's just some kind of stereotype on that. And it showed that men actually do it more mobily. Isn't that interesting? Like with our thumbs, you know, like sending out messages. So I don't know. I think why people do it is, is interesting. Venting is interesting. Um, I don't know. I just think there's a lot to it that we can, we can look at. I don't know. What do you guys, um, what else do you guys want to say about it? No, that's good. I'll pass it to you, Andrew. Anything else you want to add? I guess the final thing I would say is, um, Love covers a multitude of sins that cuts both directions. So um, if if that's your guide in how you think about the way you use your tongue, um, that'll that'll keep you well. And if you think in those terms, in terms of overlooking things that people say about you, um, yeah. love covers a multitude of sins. Um, love rejoices in the truth. Love believes the best. Mm-hmm. Um, that that's kind of the the foundation and all the details of exactly how to navigate each individual situation. Those are tricky, but God wants to grow us up into wisdom and maturity, and so He puts us in those situations. But love is the uh, the governing factor if you're a believer. I think thank you, Andrew. That's that's good. One mm-hmm. thing I had, Mike, just to back to what you were saying while you were talking, I was just thinking maybe we need to be especially aware of different categories where culturally it's become is absolutely the norm that you would complain like people complain about their boss mm-hmm. so like maybe some of those like boss spouse some particular friendship that's like giving you trouble you know love covers a multitude of sins that that includes those those areas of common complaint where we almost wouldn't even think twice about it. so i just wanted to mention that mike anything mm-hmm. from you before we finish well okay so our title is was it about gossip versus processing is that what it was okay if you take a tour of the word and you just go through the words, what does it have to say about gossip or whatever? You know, the idea that gossip is basically sharing unnecessary, unhelpful information. Okay. So it's not loving. It's basically you're, 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 and, and we're told to not associate with gossips. Okay. So it's a pretty, um, you know, a, a pretty strict indictment of God upon that kind of thing. But the interesting thing is, you, when you read like in First Timothy 3 about, about um, the deacon's wife, it basically says that they are not to be slanderers. Not to be slanderers, but sober-minded, mm-hmm. faithful. Mm-hmm. And the idea of being, not being a busybody, not being a gossip, not being right. a, um, a, um, a slanderer even. Well, the interesting thing is, it's like the, 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 the slander is a malicious gossip. It's literally the, the Greek word is diabolos. It's like where we get the word devil. And it's the slanderous false accusation that gets, it's like gossip taken to a whole nother uh, evil demonic level where you're basically bringing charges against someone with a hostile intent and you're reporting. And, you know, it talks about, it was, it's reported that this is going on in the Bible even, and it's, it's then it's being prohibited. But there's gossips, there's busybodies. But I think the gossip could sometimes share unthinkingly. I think this is, I, I hate to say innocently because you're still guilty, but unthinkingly. 
but the slanderer uh, attacks destructively. Okay, there's two different motives there. Yeah. Yeah, that, that is, I think that's a helpful distinction. That even fits lexically. The The word, the Greek word uh, is just talking nonsense for gossip, whereas slander has that two-tongued idea of, of cutting to, to yeah. harm. Yeah. That's good, yeah. Uh, maybe it's something to mention in terms of, you, you said busybodies and gossip. I think that that's put together at least in First Timothy 5, probably mm-hmm. among other places. But it talks about the, wi- the widows who are going to be enrolled and who should be enrolled and who shouldn't. And it seems like Paul's telling t- Timothy, hey, like, gossip and being a busybody and involving yourselves in the affairs of, of people that you shouldn't yeah. is going to be the natural temptation for somebody whose time is not filled meaningfully. So yeah. that doesn't just apply to widows. Anybody whose time is not meaningfully filled with the things that God wants them to do, yeah. gossip and being a busybody is going to be one of the natural uh, draws. You know, How are you going to fill all these hours? Like Maybe I'll just talk <laughs> to people about people. Um, so, yeah. so one of the good ways to guard against that is to say, Hey, am I, am I engaging meaningfully with good things that God has put in my life to do? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. these are all good things. Yeah. Yes. Mike, Mike, why don't you share a final thought and then I'll, I'll bring us home. Okay. Well, spend you, I like that. Spend your time in, in redeeming, you know, redeeming the time. Okay. But do something. My mom used to say this when I would get in trouble as a kid, she'd say, if you can't do anything constructive, you know, don't say anything at all. If you can't say something good, don't say anything at all. And, you know, go back to the, the, the filtering of the words, you know, the, the, the filtering of that. Uh, I want to go back to one more thing. Romans one twenty nine, when it speaks about those who didn't see fit to acknowledge God any longer, there's this whole list of they're full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness. They are gossips, slanderers, haters of God. And it goes on foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless. And they know God's decree that those who practice such things deserve to die. Their whole life is that way. They not only do them, but give hearty approval to those who practice them. And I guess I would say this. I've been to Niagara Falls, okay? But I didn't ever dare or even think about dipping my toe in the water. I didn't want to go anywhere near it. And... You, the gossip is is literally a whisperer, okay? Uh, and again, you might do it unthinkingly, but the slander is a defamer. It goes after people. But either one, it's like maybe it's, you know, uh, you dip your foot in the water at the edge of Niagara Falls and it just kind of, you feel a little bit of a current. But if you go too far, you're in the other, you're in the dangers, you're in the, you're in, you're always, that's always dangerous, but you're in the death zone. You know, it's like getting, getting in a riptide, you know? Mm. And I think... Uh, be careful. Spend your time redeeming the time with good things, but also realize how powerful words are and why God would even say, be careful about them. Hmm. Yeah, that's good. Uh, last verse, and then unless Andrew has something to, to add, we'll be done. But just from Titus 3, this verse is always, I think, just like one of those ones that kind of just sears you. Speak evil of no one. That's just such a comprehensive, you know, statement. And it's actually in the context of rulers and authorities. So interesting thoughts for like political figures or something like that, but speak evil of no one. And I I feel like one of the highest compliments you can pay someone is to say, you know, like I never hear them speak poorly of people. Um, Can't say that of many people, but when Mm -hmm. that is true of someone, it's a really admirable thing. So Mm -hmm. Mike and Andrew, thank you guys. Uh, Listeners, hope that was helpful for you. We appreciate you listening. And if you're at Grace Church, we are pray for you. We, We love you. And and I uh, hope this was helpful for you. So until next time, God bless you. Have a great day. We'll talk to you next time on the podcast. Bye.